The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of Thunder and Rock and Roll. And today... Taya Valkyrie is here. Very controversial thing going on right now with Triple H. She was recently stripped of the Reina de Reina's title under much, much controversy, resulting in a social media feud with Triple A talent relations manager Vampiro. She's going to share her side of the story, talk about her future with Triple A and with Lucha Underground as part of Lucha's worldwide underground faction. And what about Lucha Season 4? Is it happening? We're going to find out. Taya is going to tell us. She's also speaking candidly about the tragic death of the great Pedro Aguayo Jr., her mentor. Taya spent five years living and working in Mexico for Triple A. And you hear all that she learned from Pedro about wrestling and wrestling as a luchadora. She also recounts the night that Pedro died and what life was like for her in the days immediately following his death. Lots to talk about with Taya Valkyrie. And of course, that includes stories about developing her character, some of her favorite matches in Triple A and Lucha Underground. She's got a lot of stories. And if it's stories you're after, I got a lot of stories too. Because my fourth book, No is a Four-Letter Word, How I Failed Spelling But Succeeded in Life, came out yesterday. And you can get it at my Amazon store now. Amazon.com slash shop slash I am Jericho. It's my version of a self-help book. The 20 principles that I've figured out over the years that have allowed me to uh, make my dreams come true and achieve all my goals via the people that taught them to me. The Gene Simmons Principle, the Ted Irvin Principle, the 12th Ninja Principle, the David Bowie Principle, the Vince McMahon Principle, etc., etc., etc. You're not going to want to miss this. It's my version of a self-help book, and it's going to help you. Plus, it's tied in with some ridiculous stories as well. Uh, I'm going to read another excerpt of the book on uh, Friday, actually. So... Go check it out. No is a four-letter word. Get your copy now at my Amazon store at Amazon.com slash shop slash I am Jericho. You're not going to want to miss it. If you liked uh, uh, the other three of my New York Times best-selling autobiographies, you're going to love this one as well. A little bit different, more of a self-help manual, but it's going to help you uh, achieve what you want to achieve in life and give you a couple great laughs as well. So after saying all of that, Taya Valkyrie is coming up. But first, I want to give you a quick television recommendation. Leah Remini's uh, Annie Emmy-nominated groundbreaking docuseries, Leah Remini's Scientology in the Aftermath, season two has started. It's just as fascinating as the first season was. I, I binge-watched the first season, and uh, I couldn't believe some of the, the things that they unearthed about the Church of Scientology. Uh, season two is here. Ten new episodes that follow Leah along with high-level former Scientology executives and church members as they delve deep into the shocking stories of abuse, heartbreak, harassment experienced by those who left the church and have spoken publicly about their experiences. Church don't like it when you leave and talk about it, man. They follow these guys. They spy on them. They try and ruin their lives in a lot of ways. Uh, that's all the stuff that I found in season one. And like I said, uh, season two is proving to be just as good, riveting, almost unbelievable uh, circumstances uh, surrounding all of the uh, Church of Scientology. So Leah continues her quest to give a voice to the victims of the Church of Scientology. She's the brave face helping others speak up to overcome their experiences. And in this new season, this 
series is exploring accounts of former members whose lives have been significantly impacted by the church's practices. Okay, Leah Remini is helping people take action. She's turning survivors into fighters, revealing truths, seeking justice. Watch the first season of Leah Remini Scientology in the Aftermath online, on demand, and on the A&E app. You should check it out, which will lead you straight into Season 2. New episodes every Tuesday night at 9 Eastern, 8 Central on A&E. Don't you dare miss it. This is riveting stuff. This this is Talk is Jericho. Um, okay, so maybe six years ago or seven years seven ago. Seven years ago. I meet a hot young upstart. Uh, it was Cowboys? The Roadhouse. Roadhouse in Calgary. <laughs> Working there, uh, oh my saying, God. Uh, she wants to be a wrestler, and now one of the uh, <laughs> hottest independent worldwide wrestlers, Taya Valkyrie. Hello. Um, you did it. Here I am. Congratulations. We so, are that's, in that's LA so great, doing though. this, and I'm sitting here with you. I know, this is it's so awesome. funny, because it really was, you looked a lot different then. You had uh, you didn't have blonde and pink hair, and you weren't. It's just, red, Chris. Is it reddish? It's red. Okay, okay, it's good. Of course, that's your real hair. It's gone that way. <laughs> oh, it's totally normal. That's I know, still, but. That's how but, it grows out, yeah. But everyone's talking about you now. Like, another, uh, well, I say Calgary kid, which you are, because you train in Calgary. I train in Calgary. But now, you know, you went and made your way to Mexico and became, like, one of the hottest uh, upstarts in the big is. Thank you. Yeah. I followed in your footsteps. I know you really <laughs> did. You really did. That's that's pretty good. How how did you end up making the the transition from Canada to uh, to Mexico? Well, a little unknown fact is that about seven months before I went to Mexico, I I was offered a contract by WWE, mm-hmm. and um, I you know went through all the steps. I was ra- waiting to get my medical test done, and they decided to not take me. Mm-hmm. Um, so needless to say, I was, ext- I didn't, wasn't really given an explanation. I still to this day don't really know what happened. Mm. Um, passed back on check, did all the stuff. You know what I mean? Um, did you but- have a tryout somewhere? Yes. I had several tryouts. I did two in Florida at, at what was FCW. Okay. The cool ones where you dry you fly down there and pay money or something. Or- one was not. And one was, mm-hmm. and then also I went to Ron Smackdown in Calgary and Edmonton that summer before I got signed and like before they gave me the, offered me the contract. Um, and, and that's how I eventually did get, you know, the contract, the contract. And then I, they pulled it. Um, they just decided they didn't want me anymore. Needless to say, I was extremely upset. Um, it was a really devastating moment for me because I was pretty much had every, you know what I mean? I was like, Oh my God, I'm just like, this is going to happen and I'm going to do it. And then it was gone. Especially with no reason. Yeah, and I still don't really know what happened. Um, I don't hold any grudges. I don't hold any bad feelings because, honestly, it all led to where I am today. And here I am with you. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, but that, you know, I knew Ted Hart because he was also in the Calgary scene back in the day there. And he put me in contact with Conan because I didn't want to stay in Calgary. I felt like I felt embarrassed. Like, I felt really like, oh, my. you had told everyone. You're well, getting- it was kind of it, it had gotten out because I quit my job. I quit, job quit my mul- I quit my multiple jobs. I was working as a personal trainer and I was working bartending on the weekends. And um, so I quit my jobs. I had gotten rid of my apartment. I was selling my car. I had like, you know, what I mean? there was so many things that were happening. And all of a sudden I had nothing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what do I do about this? So I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to do what I have to do to make this happen. And I've always been that kind of person. I have not had it any, you know, not anything handed to me. It's always been like. You know, yeah. I always get the shitty end of the stick, so to speak, <laughs> but I make wonderful things out of it. And so then I was put in contact with Conan. I was going to go to Mexico for about a month, month and a half, and ended up staying. Um, I was there for almost five years. Yeah, yeah. I ended which up- is very rare because, especially now, when I was there, there was it was a lot of foreigners there. Uh-huh. I think the peso had a lot more value and all that sort of thing. But well, now the scene was different back then. It was too. a different yeah. scene for for you to go and live there for five years is almost unheard of now. It was it was horribly hard at some points. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, you're one of the only people that could probably understand where I'm coming from. You and Sarah Stock. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all kind of had to fight through that. That's how I became friends with her because she was working for CMLL while I, I was working with AAA. I didn't AAA. Even know she was from Winnipeg until yeah. she started WWE. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, all the Canadian Shout daughter. out to Sarah. I love you. Shout out to Sarah. <laughs> um, so, you know, like we both experienced a lot of the same similar things down there. And um, yeah, it was almost five years of my life. It was really hard at some points. I dealt with a lot of stuff that, you know, your average Canadian girl just trying to make so it out in the world. You go there by yourself. That's very independent. For yeah. You to go to Mexico I lived in a house a with, <laughs> with Conan, Nicho, who is psychosis, mm-hmm. 
Silver King, and even Halloween lived in that house at a oh certain point. Oh, my gosh. So imagine that. Nicho, still to this day, when he sees me, he's like, I thought you were going to last a week. <laughs> and you were the only one that did it. Like, What a place to start, though, even living with four guys. Oh, yeah. It you was, know, uh, in the wrestling business, you're probably thinking, oh, this is pretty shady. Well, my mom thought that I was going to get like chopped up and murdered yeah, yeah. and never come back. Multiple uh, raped. Multiple- <laughs> yeah. But luckily, um, obviously none of that did happen. Conan ended up being like a huge um, force in my career and continues to be a very positive light kind of guiding me through things we obviously butt heads and do all that stuff like family does but mm-hmm. that is it is what it is but he really helped me he actually introduced me to Paraguayu who ended up being you know my mentor until he passed away a few years ago um, and Paro told me you know the day he met me which was like day two or three you know you're not going back you're staying with me you're gonna be the first female member of Paros Namal welcome to the fam mm-hmm. and uh, the rest is history and I ended up working for him as his valet, not officially signed to AAA for almost seven months. And then in the fall, which would have been, you know, seven, eight months after I'd gone there, I got officially signed as a luchadora to AAA, and then I went on from what there. Did, what did Perro see in you to, to say, besides it, was, it must have had a crush on you maybe or something? Or? <laughs> I don't know. He was, like, so... I think he was like when I think about him, he just sees things in people. I think, and he told me he's like, I see something in you, and mm. I just he's like, you'll be wrestling in the states one day. You're gonna, you're, you're something special. And he would tell me that, and I'm like, it makes makes me want to cry thinking about it because he's like so special to me still. Um, but he did see something in me, I, and at that point, I hadn't didn't even see it in myself because I was so still heartbroken from my experience that had happened that year with with the contract and things like that. But he pushed me. He, I was training with three different trainers. I was going uh, with Apache in the morning who recently passed away as well. Um, yeah. 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 Um, and then I would go see Sky Day in the afternoon and then I would go train with Silver King at night. Wow. And I was taking the subway in Mexico City. I had no money because obviously you go there with money, but and I'm like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna work right away. Look at me. I'm like green as grass. Yeah. But in my head, I was going to go there and work right mm-hmm. away. I did end up working right away. Like, I, Harrow helped me get bookings. And I was working with his little small empresa, like his small little company that he had. Um, didn't speak a word of Spanish. Had to learn it on my own. Everyone makes fun of me because I sound kind of like a chilanga. You know what that yeah. is? <laughs> I do say a lot of, uh, I mean, Phoenix Pentagon and Pero were my Spanish teachers. So right. you can imagine <laughs> how I sound. Um, but it was crazy. And it just kind of, I had to fight a lot of um, naysayers. I still do. I still get day, a lot of it to this day. Who's, who's naysaying you at this point? <laughs> a lot of the people, I guess. There's a lot of problems. I felt a lot of tension in the locker room, especially with the women. It was really hard. Because you're a wera. Because I'm a wera loca. Uh, yeah, because a lot of people assume that because I am Caucasian or because I come from Canada, or in their eyes, I am American because mm-hmm. they just see blonde hair and you're American, um, that I came from a rich family, that people were, you know, that I was being, you know, given these opportunities because I was paying for them. I don't even know. Right. But um, I worked my butt off, man. Sure. I trained so hard. I had barely enough food at one point to like eat, you know what I mean? Scrounging up the money to get on the subway to make sure that I could get to my training sessions. Cause if you didn't go to the training sessions, you'd deal with it the, the next shows. day oh, and yeah, you, yeah. it was hard and horrible and they would make you cry. And it was, you know, you get beat up. Like mm-hmm. that's, that is what it is. It's really like in the trenches, the dirty old Mexican. Yeah. Trenches. yeah. And you know, you know that cause right. you've lived it. And, um, it was really, really hard, but I continued to like have this kind of attitude that I like really like, Oh, I know everybody wants me to fail right now. Everybody wanted me to fail. And I was like, no, mm-hmm. I'm not going to fail. They would tell me, you know, you can't be the rain and Arena's champion. You're a white girl from Canada. You know what I mean? Not, but you're a big muscled. I mean, you, but you it was, great. but you know how they are there that, that lucha, la lucha libre de Mexico is la mejor lucha libre del mundo. Mm-hmm. It's the best wrestling in the, in world. the world. So they think that, you know, their people are the best. That's great. But you know what? I'm good too. Yeah. And so I kept pushing and pushing and pushing and I learned their style and I learned their language and I, you know, shook hands, kissed babies, did all of it. You know what I mean? I went to all the interviews. I smiled. I laughed, would go home and cry, but I was like <laughs> smiling and laughing. You know, it was, I just tried the best that I could to make it work and eventually became the, you know, first ever 
international, I should say, you know, yeah, woman yeah. to win foreigner. foreign as they love the word foreigner there, <laughs> foreigner to win the Rain and Rainest title. And that was a huge moment for me. I got my nose broken in the process. <laughs> but you, yeah. yeah, soccer yeah. kicked to the face. Always nice. Did you, did, what was your name at that point in time? It's Taya Valkyrie. Okay, that right from the start. Yeah, I've always been Taya since I started at uh, PWA and ECCW in Canada. <laughs> wow, all the way back. Did you train with Lance Storm? With Lance Storm. So I've always been Taya. They, they, originally my name was Taya. Mm-hmm. But in Mex- in Spanish, they couldn't un- you know pronounce it properly. Don't I don't know. That. And I kept ar- I car- kept arguing with people about it. And Para was like, "Just let it go. Just, <laughs> it's Taya. Just let it go." And everyone would say Valkyrie because they pronounce V like Vs a B. B yeah. So we just dropped the Valkyrie because mm-hmm. like Conan and AAA is like, oh, I can't even like we can't yeah, even explain yeah, it anymore. Yeah. It's just gonna be Taya. Like enough. Right, right, right. And then um, you know, I became the champ. I, I then got ex- invited to come to Lucha Underground, which was a huge deal for me. It was like a Finally working. In finally, the this right, is right, working. Right, right. Like you know, like everything I worked hard for, and I finally started working in the states, and it has been an insane, crazy ride of ups and downs, losing people, losing myself, like just finding who I am and where my place is in this business mm-hmm. because it really was hard to get here. But here I am, but so, so <laughs> alive and well. <laughs> when you first went to Mexico, what were some of the the biggest uh, challenges for you, or biggest differences between Canada and Mexico? Oh my, where do I start? Uh, well, I'm five foot seven and blonde <laughs> and muscular. There's right. not a lot of that in Mexico. So I stood out everywhere I went. I didn't understand what the term weta meant. And people would yell at me in the streets. Like a blondie. The blondie. Yeah. And I was like, what? Why are they yelling? And I would get really defensive. Like I started getting like this weird. Blonde. What? <laughs> like I just started. And I would get. That's where Pero called me la weta loca. Because I would be like, I don't understand what you're saying. And like freaking out. And he's like. <laughs> and that's where the name comes from um, because I just didn't understand anything. Mm-hmm. And the, lang- the language thing was the hardest thing. But I speak French, so that really helped. I was going to say, like, French, Italian, and Mexican, Spanish, are, have a lot of similarities. Exactly. Between the three. Yeah. So I, I did pick up on it quite quickly. And mm-hmm. also, I was just in it. Like, with the second I saw anybody that could speak English, it was like Christmas. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was like, oh my God, because I didn't have like a lot of contact with people that spoke English. Like when Conan would come to the house, because he would travel like from San Diego to, to Mexico City, I was just like always so excited because it meant I could speak in English could with everybody. Somebody, yeah. yeah. And like Nietzsche obviously spoke English, but walking around in everyday life and at training, I didn't know what they were saying. I mean, I this is five years ago when the lucha style wasn't as popular as it is now so when they explained to me what a pass by was i was like what because nobody was do- yeah pasada pasada yeah. and everything was a suplex i'm like that's not a suplex that's an arm drag <laughs> and then you know what i mean like i was just so confused it was just really hard and but eventually and obviously you know they wrestled to the right not the left mm-hmm. and yada and like all this stuff See, and i had no clue to me is that like when i went down there originally it was with a guy called Mike Lazansky, and we went to Monterey, Mexico, which was kind of like a, let's say like a Ring of Honor version. And then I got mm-hmm. picked up to go to, to CMLL. Yeah. But I had a, some friends. Corazon de Leon. Corazon de Leon. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. But Norman Smiley was there, and like you know, all the guys lived in the hotel, like Eddie Guerrero and our The Fornos? What's that? The Fornos Hotel? No, it was not. It was called the uh, Plaza Madrid. Okay. It was probably very similar. Uh, uh, the corner of Insurgentes and uh, something else. I can't remember what it's called. But um, Reforma. On the corner mm-hmm. of the La Esquina okay. de Reforma yes. and But I had people to talk to and had people. I mean, when I first went there, Paco Alonso put Hector Guerrero with me to kind of show me the ropes and yeah. to kind of be my guide. Mm-hmm. Did you have that? There were some people that went down there and trained when I went down and trained, but they all left. Mm. So I really did get left alone. But um, um, a Pero's cousin, who's known as Khan, um, he kind of spoke a little bit of English. So when I would be on the road with the Peros, he was kind of... But now when he speaks to me in English, I'm like, dude, speak to me in Spanish. You're, I'm like, I don't know how we communicated with each other. I don't know. It was There were certain people that helped me along the way. For mm-hmm. example, Alberto Del Rio's brother, yeah. Memo, Memo. showed me how to use the Mexican subway. Oh, okay. do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there were, I remember him, his fam, I hurt my shoulder in training and he was training with us and he brought me to his house and his dad fixed my shoulder for me. You know what I mean? There was always these kind of like weird little moments where people kind of looked out for me. But I do, I do see that like, you know, um, and it's the classic story, like being in Mexico, mm-hmm. the low level guys were the ones that always were trying to mess with me and trying to shoot with me or trying to rib me. But the, the mm-hmm. top guys 
were always the guys that were very uh, helpful. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Silver King was was a perfect example. Doctor Wagner, uh, Dandy, Negro Casas, they would help you out and say, "Can I do something?" Like, Wagner yeah. showed me how to to take the bus from town to yeah, town. Yeah, they're right? the same kind of yeah. But they're also vamos a la central del norte. <laughs> I used to go to the to the to the um, the south one to the bus terminal. And I can't remember what the name of the the, the really there was a first class bus. There was mm-hmm. one was one line. Oh. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. And they'd always say, "What's your name?" I'd say Chris Irvin, and they go Irvin Irvin. Irvin. So I'd just say what's your name, Jose Sanchez, because they could write that on the ticket. <laughs> oh I wouldn't have to explain what my freaking name was. <laughs> Jose Sanchez, yeah. <laughs> Nombre Jose Sanchez. Boom. But yeah, I mean, but you'd learn those things from those type of yeah. guys, which would really help you to figure it out for yourself. Yeah, and it was. It's so cool because there's some people, like I mentioned, Phoenix Pentagon are some of my best friends, Daga as well, because um, he was part of Parosomal with me. We all kind of started in AAA at the same time. So we were all kind of like, you know, getting the shitty places on the bus and like waiting for stuff. And But we all helped. They really helped me and they helped me. If I was upset, they would help me. Or if I needed help with something, they'd help me. We'd go to restaurants sometimes, and I would always be the last one to get my order taken. Yeah. It didn't matter if I was the first person to sit <laughs> yeah. down, and they would stand up for me and be like, yo, you didn't take she her order. Waiting, like, yeah. She's been waiting. But it just like weird things like that. Um, and you know, helping me with my Spanish and, and you know, just so- getting along through Mexico. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talk is Jericho. Let's talk about Peros del Mal. Cause it, I mean, you talk about the Bullet Club in Japan. This is kind of like the version of that in Mexico, which was selling huge amounts of T-shirts. Oh, my God. It really still, does. Yeah. still does. Tell, yeah. Tell, tell me about how that started and what it was. Um, Peros del Mal was... Bad dogs. The, the evil dogs. Oh, the evil dogs. <laughs> which is always funny because my mom looked... They called me La Perra del Mal. When, she, when you look it up in, in an article or on Google, it means the evil bitch. Bitch, yeah. But they didn't really... <laughs> the <laughs> translations are never right. They never sound as cool. Exactly. A female dog is a bitch. Yes, but so it just sounded bitch, like... not it just the evil sounded... yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it was just bad. But mm. we... He had a... Um, for a while before I was in Mexico, so Pero and his dad were in arena mexico and in triple a and doing yeah. his dad is a huge legend legendary legend legend fur boots like like a, like a hulk hogan style yeah. level legend in they always mexico. had like their fur boots on their little tr- black trunks very traditional but always yeah. the boots and sometimes like the sombreros with the like kind of cow skin jackets and so anyways very mexican. like very very mexican very traditional so pero Eventually, as he got, you know, he I think he started wrestling when he was like 15 or something with 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 Ray. Mm-hmm. And um, when he got older, he started his own kind of faction and he called them Perros del Mal. And it started um, before I got there, obviously, and was in, in CMLL and AAA. And he also had his own TV show at one point, his own um, kind of brand. Mm. Like a telenovela or a no, like, variety like, show? Or? No, like a wrestling show. He had oh. his own promotion. It became its oh, own, gotcha, gotcha. own promotion. And he had his own little wrestlers for Peros del Mal. He also had his own store, which was in La Roma, which is where we actually, where I actually met Pero for the first time, which was where he sold all the t-shirts and did mm. all the stuff and worked out of and planned the shows. And all the people in that office, like Landrew and Angeles and all of them, were really like just on board to help me out and stuff. It was really cool. And yeah, it just, it was just, we were the bad guys that everyone wanted to be like. It was just so cool. The music would hit and everyone hated us so much, but they loved us at the same time. It was very strange and cool. Like it was just magic. I don't know. Like I, I still use to this day, the Perros del Mal theme song when I'm on the Indies in the States. like. Bounce. Conan plays it on his podcast all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, because that gives me that little like, you know. Yeah, it just I love Puts it. You in the mood. Yeah, yes, I love yeah. it. So I still use that all the time um, for myself, and um, it was just such a cool thing to be part of because mm-hmm. there had been members that had come in and members that had come out and and all this kind of stuff. But Pero is the leader, and this is how it was. And you know, I was the girl, and you know, it. So were you guys hated as heels, or was it more of like a cool heel? It was a cool ninety-six NWO where people. Are just it was going a cool heel, you, yeah. but then there were certain towns or certain times when. Pero would get in the ring with Carlos, like Conan, 
and cut promos and that people got so pissed. Mm. I had all sorts of things thrown at me. <laughs> <laughs> what I thought might have been beer, but who knows? You know, uh, like no, it was, just it was pissed. It was, <laughs> I had the old piss. You uh, do have the piss, the, the piss the, thrown the, at you. Yeah, yeah, the the, the red cup of piss. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. So I piss. had like sometimes I had like just covered in crap. Yeah, you know, and and Peril loved to bleed in his matches and be crazy and stuff. And like I was just always, I was just like, oh my god, like I need like <laughs> ten showers because it was just covered in God knows what sort of stuff and, and who knows whose blood and it was really gross. Yeah, um, but that's Mexico. That's yeah, right. but. Man, was he over. You know what I mean? Like, people loved to hate him. They loved to hate us. And it was so cool. When he passed away, it was like the most devastating, not only for me, but I feel like the entire Lucha Libre community and the fans, they still adore him, you know? And were you there that night? I was not. I was actually in Acapulco mm-hmm. coming back on a bus, small little bus. Pentagon was sitting next to me. And they, my phone kept going. I was sleeping and I kept getting phone calls, phone calls. Like my phone was ringing and it was um, my friend Oscar who worked in AAA and also Khan who was in Tijuana with Pero that night. And they told me that he passed away. And I just remember sitting there. We were still driving. And you know, the highways from Acapulco to Mexico City are so dangerous. Yeah, it's brutal. I made the bus stop on the side of the road. I was mm. like, stop. Like I was like... Was it a team bus or was it a, a, like a commercial it was like bus? A, it, was, it was a tiny like van that only had us in it. Gotcha. Okay. Right. So, and the coordinator, porque siempre hay un coordinador, like a coordinator guy was like in the front seat. And I'm like, please stop, please stop. And I got out of the car and I sat on the side of the highway and like bawled and bawled. And Pentagon comes out and he's like, what's going on? What pasó? ¿Qué pasa? And I told him and everyone on the bus was like totally in shock because like, we had just, like, I got goosebumps right now. We had just worked with him at Rey de Reyes in Monterey, like, the week before. Like, we would see each other, like, all the time. And I just didn't, I couldn't, like, process it at all. I was hysterical. And I sit on the side of this highway, and they're like, we got to go. And I was just, they couldn't get me off the side of the highway. Like, I just was like, I don't, I, I couldn't process it. I ended up um, getting back on the bus, and we drove back. And I had to tell, like, some of his best pair's best friends about what happened. And it was horrible. I had to tell cybernetico that he passed away i had to tell landry who had been his press person for years you know mm. it was just like it was horrible it was just and just so people know not only was huge in the community in the community and, and personally but as a star maybe john cena level star in mexico yeah like top of the huge. top yeah hugely famous um and loved and hated and all of that you know what i mean he just had so much charisma and mm. we'd always make fun of him because <laughs> He was never like a, he didn't do a lot of stuff or he didn't do it because he didn't have to. Like mm-hmm. he was so infectiously charismatic and crazy when he came out there and did his things. Like I would be like, oh my God, hiciste una tercera de la tercera. Like I'm like, you need a flying head scissor. Holy shit. <laughs> you know, but it was like a joke between all of us because we were just like, he didn't have to do that very, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was just so good and so loved for who he was. And, you know, he did different projects on TV. He was very into, you know, working angles properly and like creating so much drama and like, yeah, yeah, like it was, it was so fun to learn from him. I mean, if there's anybody that taught me any, like he influences the way I am a heel. He influences the way I'm a baby face. He influences the way I carry myself when I cut promos. There's so many things that he has totally left a mark on me forever. Do you feel, you know, a guy of his level in the business that it hurt the Lucha Libre business? Has, have they been able to kind of replace, not replace, but... Um, there's, an, I mean, obviously, like, someone like that can never be replaced. I think they've tried to, to try to put some people in his position, mm-hmm. so to speak, but it's it just not the same. Mm-hmm. And I think after that, it brought attention to what Lucha Libre is. I, you know, I felt so bad for Ray... Ray is like the nicest person. Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio is the nicest person mm. ever. Anyone who's worked with him knows that. And I just, it was so sad. Like we went to the funeral, all of us were together and I just. Was it some kind of a cervical injury that was there for a while, right? Apparently that's what I've been told was that it had been like basically something that, you know, yeah. hit his head wrong one time and there it goes, it. you know. He had a neck like a pit bull. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was just, it's. In, I just felt like he was so invincible. And I think that that just like broke down like the reality mm-hmm. of what, how dangerous wrestling is for me because he was fine mm-hmm. early, like an hour before that. Right, right, right. You know, and I still, like I remember where, it was horrible because you know in Mexico they don't have like censorship. So you have, everything's on the front page of the newspaper, dead people, 
videos they're like shot in the head oh just yeah, yeah it's horrible uh, you you know you stuff you don't want to see and yeah. for me when that happened it was all over the news it was an replayed on tv a hundred times an hour it was everywhere and i like could not watch it yeah i refused to watch the video and it took me about three weeks to finally be like okay let's i want to see this because i want to know like yeah. how this happened and i still to this day i go what the I was the same way. I, I don't like stuff like that, but I wanted to see it and watching it. Like you said, like where, where, what is it? It wasn't a dropkick. It wasn't. Come on, it's not a six one nine. It's not I doing recall, anything. Yeah, it was maybe there's some kind of a boot out of the corner where he kind of fell back and rolled in. Maybe it was there. I mean, there was a moment he also rolls out of the ring. Yes. And if anybody's familiar with the way Mexican rings are, a lot of them do not have the proper padding and things on the outside coming all the way to the edge of right. the apron. I thought that that was a point, maybe a moment. Maybe he hit his head on that exit mm-hmm. that did something. And because it was when he came back in that you see him position himself at right. 619, 619 and, then he, yeah. and then he slumps down. And then you see Conan come to him and, and the match stops, obviously. Yeah. But it was just, it's so crazy to me. I just feel, it was just horrible. It was, yeah. you know, I'm really, ha- like, I'm glad that I was able to see his family at his funeral and uh, his family continues to be very supportive of me. Um, he comes from like an amazing family in outside of Guadalajara, so yeah. um, you know it was just heartbreaking for everybody. Sure. Yeah, but but once again, that kind of you know it led to maybe you looking for other things and moving yeah. on to this lucha evolving, underground evolving into like the person I am today. And then like right. I'm for anybody that doesn't follow AAA, which <laughs> well, let's talk about that. I didn't yeah. want to just say so tell me, but I mean there's a big controversy going on right uh, now with, with you and AAA, and, and let's mm-hmm. let's exp- explain it. Um, well, <laughs> you won the title. You're the champion. I won the title in probably one of my favorite matches and most intense matches I've ever had in my career. I versus? Versus Ayako Hamada. Shout out to Ayako. She's amazing. Currently in Japan right now. Craziness. Street fight. Blood, guts, glory, tears, sweat. Blah, all of the above. Bodily fluids. I feel like, and it was in the same arena where Pero passed away. Really? Same arena. Is that in TJ or what was in that? In Tijuana. Wow. Um, that famous hallway that you walk down to go to that arena. Yeah. My favorite arena to perform in, honestly, because the people there, la gente de Tijuana, hola, um, they're the best. They're so fun. They're on fire. And a lot of people say it's the hardest arena to work for. It is just so fun. You, you just like it. get so much out of them and intensity from them. We have this crazy street fight. I win the title back because I had lost the title to Ayako like two months earlier after being the longest reigning Reina de Reina's right. champion in history. In Monterey, and then in Tijuana, I won it back in the street fight. Vampiro comes out from the back, congratulates us, says that, and it is on tape. If anyone wants to watch it, it is on YouTube. Congratulates us for having like the best match in the year and women's, you know, in Lucha Libre women's history and all this you know, stuff. Vampiro was like the boss of AAA now or the booker? Well, or? Vampiro. Um, his job is he is the head of talent relations for AAA and for Lucha Underground. Okay, gotcha. So he comes out and he says... He comes out. Yes. And so he's basically like agenting in the back and stuff like that. So he comes out. We did not know this. You see me like walking towards the back and he comes out and I'm like, oh God, is this like, am I forgetting that something's going to happen here? And I like flip off someone in the audience. I don't know. Yeah. I was just like, I was out of my mind. I felt yeah. like I had an outer body experience that match. <laughs> um, I think Pero was like, literally was like inside of me like, die. Like I just became a lunatic. Right. Um, anyways... If Vampiro comes out, says all this stuff, tells me to get back in the ring, congratulates us. This is a big emotional thing. People are throwing money in the ring. It's craziness. I go backstage and I'm just like out of my mind. Like, oh my God, what just happened? It was crazy. It was awesome. I had an amazing match. The next day I got on a flight and I was off to New York for Comic-Con. Like I was just like all over the place. And, um, and that time I got in a car accident when I was in New York. I was hit by a drunk driver and I couldn't come to Mexico because I had been hit by a drunk driver. I couldn't wrestle for, you know, a month and a half or two months or whatever the time it was. And I told them I'm okay. I walked away. Everything is okay. But I do have, uh, my muscles in my neck are really pinching nerves and I could feel, you know, when you get that tingling, um, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And I was seeing a sports therapist. Everything was fine. And, uh, I later found out like John was going there for TV this is Johnny Mundo. Johnny Mundo, John Morrison, John Hennigan. Mm, your fiance. My, fian- my fiance um, was told that he was invited to come. To, he was supposed to go for TV because he's their tri- triple crown champion right now. Um, so they said, can you bring Tyus Belt because we want to shoot some stuff backstage with it? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, I said, of course, you can take my belt. Oh, my gosh. 
you know, I don't care about the belt. It's not about that. Yeah. Um, so they, he brought the belt and, uh, he called me that night after the show and I was like, Oh, did you, did you are you bringing all this, the belts back and stuff? Cause we also wanted to do some shoots with this, with, cause he has the, we're both, you know, the, the champions the of the company, couple. the power couple, you know? Yeah. And he goes, Oh no, they didn't let me take yours. And I was like, what? What the hell is going on? Immediately, I texted Dorian, who is um, his family owns AAA. And he's like, oh, just wait, just wait. And like, you know what I mean? Me, I don't have a, like, me and Dorian have always had like a really good working relationship. I haven't had problems with him. I love his mom, his dad, who passed away as well this year. We're always super like other, you know, my family from there. They totally watched out for me and stuff. And the next day, I woke up to find out <laughs> that I had been stripped of my title. Hmm. Which uh, Vampiro announced on social media. So I found out over social media that I've been stripped of my title. Not a phone call, not a message, not an email. I'm like glued to my cell phone. You can text me anytime and I will answer you right away. Like it's not a big deal. Stripped for what? They told me this. The angle they were trying to use was saying it was an illegal choke that I used. To win. To win. But I was congratulated on my win because that makes zero sense. You said it was a street fight. And it's a no DQ. Okay. So So tell me how that. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me how that makes sense. Right. If you're going to, if this is all storyline, then make something that, in my opinion, that makes sense to people. Wrestling fans are, you know, they're Mm -hmm. smart. Everyone knows what a no DQ is. Right, 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 right. (laughs) And like, I, if I if I couldn't go there to defend it, I was totally ready to like, make a video, make up some heelish way of saying, you know, oh, screw this. I don't want to come down there. Yeah, like sure, there was a million sure. ways right, that, right, right, that right. the whole situation could have been handled. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you want me to do? It's Spanish, English. I'll do it. I'll send it off. Like it doesn't matter. I, so I, I just felt very disrespected because I was like, they did that to me in that way. And everyone's like, just calm down. This is all just part of the thing. And I'm like, well, if this is what it is and this is part of an angle, then why isn't anybody talking to me? told you. Yeah. I just, and a lot of people know this, that a lot of people left AAA in the last year. All of my friends left AAA in the last Why? year. Because they had problems with the office. They just didn't, didn't feel they were getting paid enough. Just different things. You know what I mean? Everyone has their own reason. And I stuck by them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like all my friends were like, eres una pendeja. Like, you're, you're an stupid, idiot. Yeah. You're stupid. Why are you doing this? And I was like, you know what? No, I, like, I really believe in being loyal and fiel and like, you know, really stand by the people that made me like, do you know what I mean? Like, right, this right, is, like right, right. The people that created and made me, gave me the opportunity, sent me Lucha, like, you know, whatever. And then I just felt like it was a big slap in the face. Cause I was like, you know, all I needed was a text message. Mm-hmm. And then to later on find out that also they brought back sexy star who had left on bad terms from the company a year and a half earlier, just to have a weird match where then Vampiro got in the ring and said, that I didn't show up to my booking. Like, I didn't show up to the show. Were I, you booked? No, yeah. I was not booked. Right. I couldn't even go. Like, right, do you know what right, I mean? Right, like, right. it's. So then he's making, and I get it, like, you know, making a story and stuff, but it just wasn't handled the right way, in my opinion. It was a story you need to know about. Yeah. Um, and then it just made me, I felt like it made me look bad. I don't know. I'm a very sensitive person, and I take my per- like job, like, really, really seriously. And I just want everything to be perfect. Mm. I don't care if people hate me for being a heel and doing all that stuff. I've been a heel for this long and I love it. Like I've gotten death threats and all crazy shit, but it wasn't about that. I just felt really disrespected. And then, um, and it, all of a sudden they were having this women's eliminate, like women's tournament match to crown the winner and sexy star becomes the new reign and reign champion. It all just seemed a little bit weird to me. Mm. I'm not going to go into too many details, but it just seemed suspicious well, it's very suspicious and it just made me feel like i was backstabbed it made me feel like i wasn't important anymore after that long and all of a sudden it seems like i don't even exist you know mm. what i mean so there were ways of doing it that i just felt that it wasn't done the right way mm-hmm. people can choose to disagree with me or not but i just i think i deserved more than that mm-hmm. and uh i don't know where i stand right now with AAA. i'm taking some time off from mexico i needed some time off I'm very happy right now, like doing my stuff and planning my life. And I've never been in a better place in my, in my personal life. Um, planning a wedding for the spring. <laughs> Yay, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. All this kind of really cool things. And it was just kind of like a dark shitty cloud that happened. And I wish them all the best. I wish, you know, in triple mania, the sexy star is going to defend her title against someone who is one of my best friends. And I really hope that she, rompele su madre. Like, she just, like, like just beats the shit out no, of her. Who's your friend? Uh, Lady Shani. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. 
the longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talk is, talk is, talk is Jericho. So let me ask you this, though. When, when you're talking about leaving AAA, do you have a contract with them? Or, I do. I know when I was in Mexico, there really wasn't much of a contract, per se, that I can recall. I did have a con. I do have a contract with them. I continue to have a contract with them. I've just chosen that I just need a time, some time to gotcha. breathe and stuff. And I, I think a lot of things need to be discussed because sure. I just am not happy with the way this all went down, and mm-hmm. it, I don't like the way that it made me feel it seems that a lot more of than anything. Are not happy with Vampiro's involvement uh, in the company. Yeah, stuff that I've heard. He's ruffling some feathers, and I and I I feel like you know, and John ultimately did stand up for me, which mm-hmm. was a you know, if anyone else knows John, he's the nicest person too. Yeah. <laughs> for him to say what he said on Twitter was a big deal because he doesn't talk like that to yeah, people. Yeah. But I mean, Vampiro went online and and said some really horrible things about me, which he then deleted, and then he apologized on his Facebook page and then deleted it. And then apologized to me in person at Comic-Con, and I just, I don't like holding grudges. I'm not, this is work, do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean, at the end of the day. I don't have to like someone to work with them, but I will always be the, you know, take the higher Mm -hmm. road, because this is my livelihood and my life. Um, I just just thought that he didn't handle this professionally. And if you're supposed to be, you know, the person that's representing the talent, you shouldn't be talking about them like that. Mm-hmm. And I think he realizes that now. I hope he realizes that now. You know, I really thought that he's also Canadian. He went to Mexico. I felt like just, you know, me- the Mexican culture is very patriotic and they all stand together and they're all just like, and he was the one Canadian that I really thought would have my back. And I, he, I felt like he didn't have my back. Um, so it just felt like shit, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, just to keep this in mind, I lived in Mexico for two years where the other Canadian also lived in Mexico for two years. And I never saw him once. Anywhere other than at the matches. Yeah. So let's just leave it at that. But um, let's talk about Lucha Underground. You mentioned yes. it. Uh, it w- what's going on with Lucha Underground? Now? It came out of the gates really huge. Blazing. Blazing. Like fire. And then it's kind of settled in to where it's on, it's off. Is it on? What's going on? Do you even know? I don't even know right now. Mm. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is we filmed season two and season three back to back. We did not take a break. Season three had 40 episodes. So many episodes. So many episodes. I I will tell you, though, that working at Lucha Underground is a dream. Nice. It is a dream because we are given, we're artists, you know, like we get to be so creative on that set and with that show and with those writers. Right. Krista Joseph is is one of the most amazing writers ever. I love him. He's awesome. Um, You know, Tony Jensen, one of our producers, Eric Van Wagen, um, you know, we're executive producers and all that kind of stuff with like Robert Rodriguez and, and Mark Burnett. And like, we have all these awesome people working with us and we get to be creative every day. Like they will give us like the direction they want us to go in and the agents will help us. But as far as the matches are concerned, we're given so much creative, con- like we're allowed to do so much creatively, mm-hmm. you know, just tell us where you're going to dive, you know, <laughs> like, where the cameras are because the cameramen are TV people. They're not Right. Wrestling people. So this is a TV show, which a lot of people don't realize, or they think just because there's wrestling on it is a wrestling show. No. You can't be offended by me and Brian Cage wrestling because think of two characters in Mortal Kombat. You can be a woman character yeah, and a man yeah, character. Sure to put it. You know, so, I mean, come on. There's fire breathing dragons, people that come back to life, stones that are possessed with souls. Like, there's just, <laughs> like, it's, if you want to get, you want to, when people tell me, I can't believe you and... Jeremiah Crane, who was Sammy Callahan, wrestled that hard, and I can't believe that happened, and I, I don't know if I feel happy, like, comfortable watching that, and I'm like, dude, when you watch Black Widow and, uh, I don't know, Catwoman fighting people, you know, evil people in movies and the Avengers or Wonder Woman that just came out, you know, you don't get offended by that. That makes sense, because I'm not a fan of, like, men versus women wrestling, but yet, then again, my very first angle ever in wrestling in the WWE was against China, ah. so maybe that's why it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth, but when you put it like that, because Lucha Underground is more of, like, a fantasy... It's a fantasy land. Type of, yeah, fantasy it's, world. It's, yeah, yeah, it's very much, and that's what I liked about it when I watched it uh, at first, was it was very different from anything else that you're going to see. Mm-hmm. It's just... Um the temple itself is a character, in my opinion. You That's know, the, 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 the building, the building. arena, which is a 
horrible, you know, <laughs> grungy warehouse in Boyle Heights, California, downtown LA. Yeah. A few blocks from Skid Row. Mm-hmm. But it's so cool there. Like you go there and you're like so excited. I remember the first day I got there and I was in the car driving there and Tejano was in the car with me from the airport. And he's like, oh. Why are you smiling like that? And I was like, I am so excited. Like, I'm just, the passion I have for that place is ridiculous. Um, and the second you get there, you feel welcome. Everyone is so cool. All the people that work back stage, like from, you know, the helpers to the wrestlers, everyone just gets along and has like the best time. And we create magic. And that's what's cool. It just sucks because we did shoot the seasons back to back. We, what you are watching now on Lucha Underground was filmed over a year, about, and this oh, is 14. season four is on now. Season three. Season three. You still have season four still, in the can? We haven't done season four yet. Oh, okay. We haven't done season four. We did season two and three back to back. Okay, yeah, so, so three, four, gotcha. So what you're seeing now, for me, like the Taya you were seeing now on TV, that is 14 months old. Wow. So for me to watch it back, I'm a totally different person. I'm a totally different wrestler. I look different. I work differently because I believe even now that I become better every year and better all the time and i'm trying trying to do new things and new moves and new finishers and new things and i'm so i'm like oh my god (laughs) what (laughs) is going on but it's crazy so right now we've been you know without doing tv for lucha underground for almost 14 months so that's been a little rough on all of us so what's the word with that then well everybody's super hyped and wants to do season four they haven't it hasn't been greenlit yet, so we don't really know what's going on. Um, originally, we were told the fall. Well, the fall is coming. <laughs> so I really hope that we get an answer soon as to what is going on so that either we can move forward with this project that we love so much or we move on to something else, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone there is just so passionate about what Lucha Underground is, and it really is a combination of worlds and people. And I feel like all of us have been our misfits in the world of wrestling that have been told no and yes and had these really interesting and horrible but sometimes wonderful experiences. So it is very close to my heart and it changed my life. It's where I met my now fiance. It's the reason I am in my career where I am now. And, uh, and yeah, so we'll see what is happens. It, was it fun for you after all the years of wrestling in Mexico to come back and wrestle, you know, ipso facto in your own country? Um, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was just so, d- I'm like, what do you mean we have a change room with mirrors and electricity? <laughs> what do you mean we have, catering what do you mean (laughs) toilets with toilet seats you mean there's we could put the toilet paper in the toilet why do they do that i don't know why do they do that we're talking the first thing in mexico Uh, you go to the bathroom there's no you don't put the toilet paper down the toilet you put it in a garbage can or Or on the floor on the floor beside (laughs) so you look on there's like a bunch of brown stained toilet paper (laughs) so gross it's so gross but see like i I mean, that is what Mexico did to me. It humbled me. It made me appreciate so many things. I can never speak badly of my experience because it just made me who I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. May that be good or bad and like some horrible moments in my life, but it turned me into the Taya and the Kira, that's my real name, that Mm -hmm. you see before you and the person that has so much passion for the business because I had to fight so much. And I think that there is something to be said for that, you know? So I appreciate those things. I I, I think you'll never take anything for granted. Nope. I know, like, I never, to this day, no matter what it is, even having a match on WrestleMania, of course you have a match on WrestleMania, says who? Tomorrow, I could not have one. I mean, Mm -hmm. just everything you get, you you take it uh, so much more seriously. And I think that that's why the championship really thing bothered me because I I take it so seriously. And I'm so passionate in how much work I had to do to get that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, moving beyond that, that's okay. That chapter kind of has closed or is on pause for me for now. And that's totally fine. Good luck to the girls that are there. Good luck to the company. Good luck to everybody. and I don't want to speak bat poorly of a company that did give me my opportunity, but it was shitty what happened. Uh, and now I'm like just moving forward and appreciating everything like a little bit more still. And um, I'm training in the ring like three or four times a week still because uh, I have a ring at our house, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm able to, and I'm you know I'm all over the country. I'm doing different stuff, and you know there's some interesting ch- things that are going on with a company called GFW slash Impact. Uh, oh, good. Which are opening up, so we'll see what happens there. I was wondering about that. You know, obviously with the original WWE tryout, but and women's wrestling now is more emphasis on the states than it ever has, mm-hmm. uh, and, and all the companies. So yeah. do you do plan on want, wanting to do more in the states? Of course, mm-hmm. I want to. I all I want to do, Chris, is wrestle yeah. and be happy. Yeah. <laughs> like not be much happy to ask for, and wrestle every day and perform. I'm a performer. I get in front of those people, and it's like the biggest adrenaline. I just would like give everything to be 
you know, I want to give everything to those the fans, mm-hmm. you know, and um, either, even if they're booing me, it's okay. <laughs> well, that's, that's you know, that's the part. You. That's the part that I love. So I just want to wrestle and be happy. And so right now I'm just trying to build my brand up, be and be in everyone's face. You know what I mean? And I think I'm doing that. And we did some impact live events, um, last weekend, which were really interesting and fun. I was like, this is so cool. And like, I had to even slow my style down. I was just like, I'm now I'm like learning to adapt more to different styles because in the States now I'm in the States and everyone wants to see me do Lucha Libre things. I mean, I run the ropes like a luchador. I do certain things that are probably super weird. And I'm sure Lance storm cringes every time he sees me (laughs) do them. But Lance, I love you. Um, it's just the style that I've become and like I've taken little things from everywhere I've been. I was in Japan last year twice, once with Stardom, once with AAA. Nice. Um, what did yeah. you do in Japan? It was very interesting, yeah. very cool. I think my favorite match there was I had a one-on-one with Yoshirai, um, which was awesome and great. Is she in the WWE now? No. Oh, Kyrie is there. Gotcha. And she was there when I was there. and She's so talented with her flying elbow. Uh, <laughs> she's super, such a sweet girl. So I'm really happy for her. I think she did the Mae Young Classic too. Um, has it been on the Mae Young Classic? No, I okay. believe that it's... Do you a, follow that? You I do follow it. that. I mean, I think Smart it's for you important to follow everybody because mm-hmm. you never know when you're going to be given the opportunity to either be there or, or face one of them within my world or whatever, you know? I think the girls that are in the WWE right now, like I'm a huge fan of Charlotte's. I think mm-hmm. Charlotte is doing a phenomenal job and really proving that she's as talented as, you know, her name says that she is. Right. And I think that's really cool. I think that Sasha's great. Bailey's great. All like Natalia. So, I've been a fan of Natalia forever. Yeah. Since Calgary days. Calgary I day, remember yeah. when, before she even went to WWE, um, when she I was, love how Canadian you are with Sasha. I said the same. It's Sasha. Don't oh, you pardon know? me. Sasha. <laughs> I'm the same. It was like, Sasha's great. The boss. Sasha. How about we say yeah, just yeah, the, the boss? The boss. The boss. All of them are great. Did you ever train with Natty at all or work out with Natty? Um, not really. It was really like when I started really wanting to get into wrestling, she was kind of on her way out of Calgary. Gotcha. So I didn't really get that chance to. Yeah. I mean, hopefully I never I don't like to say never say, you know, never say never. Mm-hmm. You never know what can happen. You know, yeah, this yeah. is a crazy world of wrestling. And especially now with the way women's wrestling is, we're stronger than ever. And I'm just proud that I am part of this kind of cool lucha libre side of it I, i'm very happy the girls in wwe are doing so amazing and one day i will see one of you somewhere that's <laughs> <laughs> what i mean like everyone knows your name now if you know anything about yeah. wrestling you know independent mm-hmm. wrestling not even independent worldwide wrestling they know your name mm-hmm. have you been to england or anything like that i have or? not been to england so i'm sure the opportunities are i would love well. to it's just really been a scheduling issue i've talked to people in england it's just been a scheduling issue as well as australia i was supposed to see we were talking to some people in australia because i wanted to get the worldwide underground down there which is me john PJ Black and Jack Evans. Okay. Um, that's our faction in, okay, in yeah, Lucha yeah. Underground. Um, so I don't know, man. I just want to like travel the world and wrestle everybody. I want to <laughs> wrestle the best people. I mean, I just, I wish I could just like handpick everybody. You know what I mean? It's just so crazy. I think some of the girls right now, even in NXT, just are so good. Ember mm. Moon's amazing. Asuka is amazing. I, Ruby Wright is amazing. Again, like, those girls have been traveling around. Just like, they've yeah. all worked. Yes, everyone. Right. I feel now there's just like this sprouting of talent. Of these girls can wrestle. Do you find that though, like not just girls but guys, like the independent wrestling scene, the worldwide wrestling scene is maybe stronger now than it's ever been. Oh, it's crazy. The amount of talent there is on the independent wrestling scene, and I'm facing them all the time, mm-hmm. is insane and that's something i do like about the position i am now is because i do get to go do the tv stuff and be on the tv shows i mean i work technically for three tv shows right now pretty much it's a little bit crazy yeah or potentially three tv shows i should say and but i'm still able to you know go out in the indies and work for places like russell circus and uh work for house of hardcore and face people like jessica havoc and and um ruby rays that's from california or you know i mean like i just kind of get to go everywhere and face these amazing people and face guys and you know you really are doing it the same way that that i did it when i started Mm -hmm. is you go worldwide yeah and slowly hone in on the target of wherever it is that you want to go into the states if that's the case Mm -hmm. but you're getting all this worldwide experience and life mad street cred now chris (laughs) yeah mad street cred absolutely i just like i just and yes, I took the road less traveled. It was not easy, but I think I'm a better person for it. I think I'm a better wrestler for it. And I just think that I'm going to have a better career for it. Mm. And it's going to be hard and it's going to be long and it's going to be tiring. But I have such a great support system now in 
my soon-to-be husband. That's so weird to say. Oh my god, so, I'm such so, an adult. I always say I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a senora. Oh my god. <laughs> but fiance is so pretentious, dude. My fiance. I, I know. My fiance. My fiance. Future husband is better. Yeah, fiance. No, uh, but I have such a good support system in that, and I've, I've never had that before in my life. You know what I mean? Someone who wants me to be better and wants me to succeed and wants to see me happy and having the best matches and mm. and and like works with me on stuff. Right. You right. know, it's like important too, spending the time. I, I can't get this, you know, weird spinning gimmick. I'm like trying all sorts of weird things these days too. Like, and don't get course, all parkour on me now. <laughs> parkour, parkour, parkour. I went to the parkour gym in LA. I'm horrible, so don't worry. I was, <laughs> I fell smat. I like literally fell flat on my face trying to do like one simple thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think yeah. John was mortified, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm just like trying to develop and change, and he's like, you know, and ex- become the best that I can be. I know that's so corny, but. But that's what you've been doing. An ever-evolving process. Yeah, exactly. The second you stop evolving, someone is going to pass you and come from behind and be better right. than you. So I believe, and I mean, he's done it too. I don't think he's ever looked this good and wrestled mm-hmm. this good. His promos are so good. He's like... Worldwide. Worldwide influence. Yeah. He's doing... He was. He's in Sharknado 5, if anybody... Oh, really? <laughs> oh yeah. It was, was we went Sharknado to that. Sharknado 3. I know. I saw it. So he's in Sharknado 5. His new movie, Boone the Bounty Hunter, available right here, now on right iTunes here. and Amazon, is doing... <laughs> we have a wedding to pay for, so if everyone could just buy five copies, that'd be really great. Um, but he's doing so good. I'm so happy and proud of him, and I'm so glad that I have him in my life to help me kind it's of a good support system. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I just feel like my career is going in a really great direction. Yeah, it's some things recently have sucked, but yeah, that's how it goes. It's right? all take it with a grain of salt and move on. If I if I keep getting upset about it, it's just strikes and gutters. Yeah, that's the best way to look at. But I'm coming out on top. So we'll last be cool. uh, last question: What's your favorite match you've ever had? Is the one that stands out for you? Oh, I think. Versus women, it would have to be my recent Ayako Hamada street fight. Mm-hmm. Versus, you won the title? Yes, when yeah. I won the title, because I really felt so crazy in that match. Like, I was like, I think I saw black. Like, everyone's like, I've like Tejano and Phantasma when I came backstage, like, who the hell was that? Like, they just like didn't. I've been like kind of like this Barbie heel, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I went out there in jeans and a white shirt and I bled everywhere and it was it, disgusting yeah. and bleh, like I was tongue out, gross. Ew. But it was so fun. Um, and then I think that like in intergender wrestling, there was a tag match that we did in season two where it was me, Cage, Johnny, me, Cage, Johnny, and um, somebody else. Oh, God, I'm gonna, they're going to kill me. Or maybe it was the three of them. I can't. Yeah. Me, Cage, and John versus Ray, Puma, and I want to say it was um, Dragon Azteca Jr. That was so fun for me. So you're the only girl in the match. I'm the only girl in the match. Okay. I think I'm the only girl that's ever wrestled Rey Mysterio. Ah, nice. <laughs> Which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. And I remember we were putting the match together and he had to do like a, his sent on to me on the outside and I marked out huge. I was like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> because who? Like, he is like my friend and, every, and everything, but I'm just, I look up to him so much, obviously. Who doesn't look up to Rey Mysterio yeah, yeah. in wrestling? So that would have been like one of my intergender favorites as well as obviously the match that came out recently versus Sammy Callahan, which is Jeremiah Crane. And my match of season two, which was my first match ever in Lucha Underground no DQ versus Brian Cage. So I've had a f- beating the shit out of those dudes. Huh? Yeah. Come on now. I got, I mean, they beat the shit out of me too. Like I put through tables and like, it's just a mess. It works both ways. goes both ways. But I just think that I've, I've just been lucky to have some really cool matches that people talk about. Mm-hmm. If it makes you uncomfortable and you're talking about it, I'm doing my job. Absolutely. So it's great yeah. to talk to you. Come a long way since the roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. I would hope so, but I'm just happy to be here and thank you for having thank me. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be seeing Taya in the ring again very soon. She's got a lot of options and still the potential for season four of Lucha Underground, which we want to see. And congrats again to Taya and Takas Jericho, alumni Johnny Mundo, a.k.a. John Morrison, a.k.a. John Hennigan, a.k.a. Johnny Impact, uh, on their engagement. And I also want to say... Um, uh, she mentioned Sexy Star, and obviously this was taped before the uh, the controversial um, incidents that happened this past weekend where a Sexy Star basically shot on her opponent and broke her arm. And if that's true, uh, Sexy Star, you're a sexy piece of shit, and, uh, uh, and so is anybody that books you from now on. This is uh, – wrestling is uh, – uh, um, you're giving each other your body. There's a lot of trust. And to do something malicious like that on purpose, I don't care what the circumstances are. That's just bad, bad news, man. And I don't know where her, her, her mind is at. I've never met her. Uh, at this point, I don't think I want to. Uh, Sexy Star, you are now uh, going to have a lifetime ban from Talk is Jericho. Sexy Star is banned from Talk is Jericho for life. There you go. That's my little piece of the pie. And that's what I say about that. So um, I wanted you to go. Please check out all the great shows 
on the Jericho Network. Uh, I got so many of them up there, and we've been having so much fun over the last few uh, few months. Uh, great shows coming into their own. Team Tiger Awesome, so funny on Sundays. Killing the Town with Storm and Cyrus. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Uh, Beyond the Darkness, five days a week, getting your scare on. The uh, flagship show, Keeping It 100 with Conan. And I think the most underrated podcast on the Jericho Network is The Raven Effect. Yeah, check that one out. The goofy sh- mind of Raven. The brilliant, insane, insane genius mind of Raven. Uh, and also, if you uh, like Beyond the Darkness... Go check out Tim and Dave's uh, True Crime Show, True Crime Tuesdays. The guys behind Beyond the Darkness uh, do a weekly True Crime Tuesday podcast. You can get that by signing up at patreon.com for just five bucks a month. You'll get a new episode every single Tuesday, and all episodes are commercial free. All right, no commercials. So sign up now at patreon.com. One big last thank you to all the Sexy Bees Talk is Jericho sponsors and to all of you for supporting the great sponsors. Leah Remedy, Scientology, The Aftermath. Watch episodes every Tuesday at 9 Eastern, 8 Central on A&E. FanDuel, go to FanDuel.com. Use my promo code Jericho to play for free with no deposit. DDP Yoga, go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho to get 25% off the DDP Yoga DVDs and to True Car, save time, save money, uh, do it now. That's the best way to get a car. Also, uh, I'm doing a few book signings this week. I want you guys to uh, come check those out if we're in your area. I had a great one last night uh, in New York City. I got one tonight in Ridgewood, New Jersey at Bookends. be great to, to return to there. That's at 6 p.m. Uh, then on Tampa, Florida, Barnes & Noble on Northdale Mabry at 7 p.m. Orlando, Florida, Barnes & Noble East Colonial Drive at 7 p.m. on uh, September 1st. Uh, and then uh, on September 6th in Los Angeles, Barnes & Noble on Grove Drive at 7 p.m. And September 18th in Oshawa, Ontario at the Indigo in uh, it's King Street West at 7 p.m. Tampa's on 8, uh, 831, by the way, as well. So August 31st is Tampa and September 1st is Orlando. So if you're in that area, come over and check it out. Come on, say hi. How you doing? How are you? How are you? What's going on? Um, so that's about it. I'm uh, having a great time here. We'll see you uh, on Friday uh, because we got the story of Metal Blade Records with founder Brian Slagle, uh, the first and original heavy metal record company, uh, the company that discovered Metallica and so many other huge, huge bands over the years. The story of Metal Blade Records is here with Brian Slagle. Uh, thank you for listening. Keep listening for the AP headlines coming up next. Uh, in the meantime, in the between time, stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs. And a big yeah, boy. Listen to new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday on the Podcast One app or subscribe at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com.